You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we look forward to seeing you there. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. Hey, this is Matt with the 602 Club, and I'm really excited to share this very special audio from Dragon Con 2017 from the Star Wars track. Uh, this panel actually took place on Friday, Friday night, and uh, moderator was my good friend Bruce Gibson, and I was able to be on the panel with a bunch of other people that I respect and uh, really had a great time talking about Star Wars canon. Just a quick note here, if you've never been to Dragon Con, especially the Star Wars track, I highly encourage you to come. Uh, it's a fantastic time. The track is wonderful. We have such great content that we're doing there, and I hope you will consider joining us next year. It's totally worth it, and it's just a blast. Um, and uh, the more you support us, the bigger it gets and the, the bigger uh, the panelists that we can have. And so uh, really do support us. I hope that you will share this show with people uh, and spread the word and the love about a Dragon Con. Welcome, everyone. You know what, man? This is Dragon Con, and it's like a four-day thing, and we have Labor Day, and we don't have to work. At least some of us don't have to. Does anybody have to work anytime this week? No. Uh, We are kind of working up here, but we're doing fun work up here. So this is uh, the Legends to Canon panel for Star Wars, and uh, I think we're going to just jump right into it. why don't we just quickly introduce ourselves real quick. So I'm Bruce Gibson. I'm on the Star Wars Report as producer and sometimes on the show. And I also do a Star Trek books podcast called Literary Trek. Sorry about that. Bria. I do a lot of things. Yes, you do. Uh, hi, my name is Bria Lavornia. I am the managing editor over at Tasha Station. I also co-edit White Hot Room, which is a geek fashion blog. And I cosplay and I'll stop the list there in interest of time. I don't cosplay, but um, I could, yeah. My name is Matt Rushing. Uh, I am the host of the 602 Club, as well as Aggressive Negotiations, and uh, I'm excited to be here to talk about this subject. My name is Aaron Goins. I am also a podcaster. I do the podcast Star Wars Bookworms with Teresa Delgado. I also do a podcast called Star Scavengers, which is about the Freemaker Adventures animated series. Which is a show that I don't hear enough about. I hope you guys are watching it. If you're not, you should watch it. It's really cool. It's so good. <laughs> I also do a Doctor Who podcast called uh, Bad Wolf Radio. If you're into such things. Uh, my name is Alex. I have a YouTube channel called Star Wars Explained, and I talk about Star Wars all the time, every day. <laughs> I watch your stuff. It's good. <laughs> Um, right now, I'm my alter ego, Tom Hutchins, but most people know me as Mandalore the Uniter. I'm the founder of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club and a lover Woo. of all things Mandalorian. Nice. Yes. Woo. All right, so it sounds like we have some experts about Star Wars, at least up here. So I'm going to start things off by just asking the panel, what was the first thing you ever read in Star Wars? How did you get into the Star Wars books? Bria, how did you start? I'll fess up. You ever heard of a book called The Glove of Darth Vader? <laughs> yes. oh, yep, that was my very first Star Wars book. I am not ashamed of it. I do not recommend you read that, or uh, The Lost City of the Jedi, or Zorba the Hutt's Revenge, or Mission to Mount Yoda, and I don't remember the names of the other two. But yet, I am still here as a Star Wars fan. Uh, for me, uh, it was being uh, walking through the mall with my parents uh, back in 1991. And walking past a bookstore that doesn't exist anymore called Walden Books and seeing this awesome 
Star Wars book cover that I'd never seen before, even though I'd already seen them all, because I'd had them all from the library a million times at that point. Uh, and it was it was Heir to the Empire, um, and that is what uh, just kept that fire alive, especially in the dark times. Um, for me, I discovered Star Wars books because of the release of the special edition movies, actually. Um, kind of in the, the roll-up to that, and then the prequels coming soon after. Just the hype of Star Wars kind of got me excited about learning more about the universe. So I went to my local library and tried to find every Star Wars title I could find. I just happened to pick up, the first one I picked up was The Courtship of Princess Leia. How many of you have read that? Woo! Yeah? So, you know, the original appearance of the Dathomir, or Dathomir witches and the Night Sisters and riding rancors and all that. And I, I, people give that book crap now, but man, I still think back on that and just love some of the stuff they introduced in that book. So, um, yeah, and then I just realized it wasn't the first one in the chronology, went online, got a list, you know, did the thing, and started with, at that time, Trusa Bikura, which was the first one. I think my first big boy book was Shadows of the Empire, like the first book I read that was over 300 pages, so uh, I got like the comic book and the video game, um, nothing like a video game to make a kid interested in reading, but uh, <laughs> that, that was my start, and then I think I went to, I did the same thing, I looked up the timeline and just went from Jedi on. I remember I was a 16-year-old, and I worked at a Ben Franklin in Winston-Salem, North Carolina as the only stock boy, and we had some Star Wars books that I found in an old box. Well, it wasn't an old box, because this would have been 1993-94. And uh, the first book I picked up in there was Heir to the Empire. And they never put the books out because the people that it was a family-owned store, and they were like, I don't, we don't know what this is. We're not putting it out. It's never going to sell. So I would sit up in the stock room and read the books when and not really do my job, just read Star Wars books. <laughs> Luckily, I did enough of the job to not get in trouble. But, uh, so yeah, Heir to the Empire was my first one. They had was like, Last Command was in there. I mean, there was a ton of, of Star Wars books in there, and that's where I first started getting into Star Wars books. Yeah, my first Star Wars book was actually Star Wars, the movie, novelization in 77. And then, I think I was in sixth grade, the Han Solo's Revenge book was like in the Scholastic Books thing at school, and so I ordered it, and I read like half of it, and then I never finished it. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't finished it. I still have the book. I need to go and read that. Shame. So, shame. I know, it is shame. <laughs> Maybe tonight, when I get home, if I get home. So, because <laughs> you know, it's Dragon Con. You never know what's going to happen at night. You made it weird, buddy. <laughs> I always do. Oh, wait, my wife is calling. Okay, so the canon books, we've had legends, we had canon, we're now in the canon stuff. So just in this past year, we've had quite a few canon books. What are some of your favorite, and just let everybody know, if you haven't read a lot of these books, we may get into some spoilers through this discussion. So just, you know, be prepared. So what are some of your favorites? Okay. I think it's fair to say no one's going to have any spoilers for Phasma or Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Right. I don't expect anyone else here has read them yet. Um, you have. That's because I'm insane. Humble brag. <laughs> how how did you read these? If they haven't come out yet. I, they came out last night at midnight. Oh, and you've already and read them? I, yes, I looked at the words of the page and then I turned each page. <laughs> it's usually... I don't know, you, I use an iPad. <laughs> well, you hit the button. Uh, but your question was actually... Wait, what was your question again? I don't even remember. No, what is your favorite of the canon books in the oh, past year? Uh, ooh. If it's just the last year, possibly the Rogue One novelization, if we can go back to May of last year, then it's definitely Bloodline by Claudia Gray. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, that's... Um, I'm thinking this year, I was really surprised by how much I, I absolutely loved Rebel Rising. Um, that book was so good. Uh, and if you haven't read it, I, I highly recommend it, especially if you want to know more about Jin and Saul Gerrera and their relationship. It adds so much to that. Um, and then, I mean, God, uh, Thrawn, hello. Uh, it's, it's just a phenomenal book. I, and I loved learning more about that character who, you know, had only really just been the villain, you know, in the original Thrawn trilogy. I mean, he's just the guy to be there to be the foil. 
um, here we really get to dive into who he is as a person and I thought that was just it surprised me where, where Zahn went I didn't expect that at all and so yeah those two books I think have just been uh, shockers to me in, in the way that they surprised me and um, isn't I'm, it's kind of what we want from our Star Wars books I think is, is not to just know what we're going to get right there it, it really it, they did a great job both of them I'm. I think Rebel Rising right now is probably the most recent book that I really enjoyed. Um, same reasons, you know, you really get into the backstory of Jyn Erso and kind of understand her character, and it makes you when you watch Rogue One after reading that novel, you look at her character completely differently. Um, but I would also recommend if you if you have read Rebel Rising and you enjoyed it, you should definitely read Inferno Squad because yes. it. Yes. Although you wouldn't maybe think based on kind of the you know the title Inferno Squad and you're thinking oh maybe this is gonna be a military book or this is a battlefront book, it's really not at all and it it actually ties very well in with with Rebel Rising so it's almost like those two are companion pieces. Of the past year, I can't really think of a book I didn't like, but Thrawn is still takes my top choice. Might be it's it's like tied with my favorite book in the new canon. I. I've always loved the character. I think we were fortunate that the timelines matched up so that we were getting a new story. Even like it wasn't anything that was repeated in Legends. We got to see him rise through the Imperial ranks in a way that we hadn't before, and I just thought it was awesome. I've always loved his Sherlock Holmes kind of edge, and I liked that he had kind of a Moriarty villain to deal with. Uh, everything about it, like just Timothy Zahn hasn't missed a beat. I think my favorite book so far, and I've got, I'm almost through my fifth book, is Ahsoka. And I think Ahsoka's my favorite, and let me tell you, of course, obviously, I'm a Mando fan, so Ahsoka, eh, Jedi. But still, <laughs> listening to it, I mean, I've, I've listened to mainly the audiobooks more than anything else, and I think, honestly, listening listening to that book with Ash, Ashley Eckstein doing the voice makes it better than it ever could have been if I had read it. Um, because it really sounds like you're listening to Ahsoka's thoughts and really what's happening in, you know, sitting, standing in her shoes. So to me, that book really resonated the most with me and made me feel like, you know, I was kind of uh, part of the, the action of what was going on there. Um, Aftermath was probably my, my next favorite one, and then Bloodline, probably two. They were probably tied for me. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you. What? Well, I was just gonna say, I, how did I forget about Inferno Squad? Yeah. Like, what What was we wrong with me? Like seriously, yeah. because it is so freaking good. The fact that Christy Golden's able to take a uh, a group of Imperials and and make you really care about them as they are infiltrating the Partisans, Saul's leftover group, what's left of his group, is insane. Um, and to have somehow you be able to sympathize with both sides and kind of understand where they're coming from and all of that, the moral ambiguity of it and, and just everything about it, she nails um, to make you kind of uncomfortable while you're reading the book. And it's perfect. It's, it's so well done. And so, I mean, I think this year may have been the best year for Star Wars books so far, just because I feel like they're really on of a roll. Of the canon. Of yeah, the of the, of the okay. canon, yeah. So how do you think, uh, for example, Rebels Rising, Guardians of the Wills, we didn't talk about that, Inferno Squad, how have those books enhanced Rogue One for you in the backstory? I mean, I think it's what you said. It's the backstory. Um, any, all the Star Wars tales are, are good the films at least because you get to know the characters and you love them right then and there but when you know more about Saw's partisans you know more of the behind the scenes uh, you know more about all the history uh, well even Catalyst you didn't mention Catalyst That's but true. like yeah. if you didn't read Catalyst before you saw Rogue One I'm very sorry for you like everything between Krennic and Galen and Lyra Urso was just incredible incredibly done by James uh, James Lucino. Um, I think it really adds an extra dynamic to the story that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Tie-in fiction when it's done best. Um, Bruce is on Literary Treks. I started that show way back in the day. Um, and, and in any, any tie-in fiction, the best thing that it does is to make you watch a film in a, in a different way. And I think that Guardians of the Wills and Inferno Squad and Rebel Rising and Thrawn. 
all of the catalysts, all of these books enhance your viewing so that you watch scenes differently. So that first scene of Rogue One, when you see Lyra come out with the blaster and what she says to Krennic, it makes so much more sense why she can't stand this guy, what he's done to their family. Um, you understand all of that, and it, it, it adds such a great layer. And, and of course, Rebel Rising, you understand why Jin is so angry at Saul, at the Rebellion, why she hates it. I mean, just these books alone have, I think, they do what tie-in fiction is supposed to do, is, is they enhance, they expand the universe in the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, watching Rogue One the first time, I didn't really connect with the character of Jin very much. Like, I, my favorite characters were K2SO and Cassian, um, and Jin was just, you know, I know she was kind of the main protagonist, protagonist, but for me, as a viewer, I didn't really connect with her. But after reading this book, and you really get, I'm just talking about Rebel Rising, um, you get a lot more understanding of why she's the person that she is, and my goodness, like, they put her through the ringer in this book, really. Like she, if you haven't read it yet, it just you definitely need to read it to get an understanding of the character. But she went through some things that were just tragic, um, and it made me like her character more. It made me dislike Saul much more because of things that happened in the book as well. Yeah, I agree. The exact same point. Like I, I liked Rogue One, but I didn't like it as much as The Force Awakens because I just didn't connect with the characters as much. And reading all these books, like I feel like every time I watch Rogue One, I like it more because I've read another book about another set of characters. I'm like, oh, I feel like I understand you a little better, especially Jen. Jen and Saw, I think, got the most benefit from these extra books and stories, but I, I just, I, I guess I feel like Rogue One is almost has this like required reading list for you to really, really appreciate it, but. Uh, I really have enjoyed every single one of those books. I now feel like I'm missing out. I haven't read any of those before we're watching Rogue One, so I'm going to have to... Catalyst. Seriously, read, read Catalyst. Because <laughs> I loved Rogue One, regardless. It was such an awesome movie. It took yeah. me all the way back to OT. It was like, oh, I'm sitting in the theater as a kid again, you know? Yeah, when I watched yeah. Catalyst, I liked because I saw it before the movie, and reading Catalyst when I went to see the movie, I felt like now I'm seeing part two. Like, it just yeah. led right into it. I, I think it's kind of neat that we have um, unofficial series in a way. What yeah. they've been doing with the new canon is like, you can pick up any one of those books and be fine. Or you can do, hey, I'm going to read Catalyst, then Rebel Rising, then I'm going to watch and or read the Rogue One novelization. And if you have not read the Rogue One novelization, you are missing out. <laughs> that is second only to Revenge of the Sith, as far as novelizations go. Um, and then you can go right into Inferno Squad, which which deals with the fallout from the Partisans. I think it's really neat that they've been doing this while also making the uh, the canon very ex the canon books very accessible to new readers. Matt, did you want to say something? Well, okay. So now, when it comes to the Force Awakens, that's the first time Matt didn't want to say anything. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. So with the Force Awakens, what books would you recommend? to read that enhances The Force Awakens for you? Bloodline. Bloodline, that's what I would think. Um, Phasma, actually. Um, Did you really finish that book already? Yes, I put up a review at like 10.30 this morning. Okay. I also put up a review of Leia, Princess of Alderaan at 3.30. That's why she needs this. <laughs> Don't do what I did. It's a bad life choice. But no, um, <laughs> I would say Phasma is a good one for it. I will not say why, but I mean, you get more about Phasma. Um, Before the Awakening is another really good one. I think Aaron would back me up on that. Excellent. Um, am I missing anything? Bloodline. I, I like the. I kind of like all the weird, like essential guides and all that stuff. I feel like yeah. if you're gonna, I know we don't have any of those on our list here, but if you dive into that that world of, of literature, you know, the Force Awakens visual guide is huge. Even yeah. like Ray's journal, mm -hmm. if you read Ray's journal, there's so much cool information in there. So, you know, if you haven't gotten beyond just kind of the the novels and the comics and get into the reference guides because there's a lot a lot of awesome stuff in there. Poe Dameron. We're forgetting the Poe Dameron comic. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's not forget comics. Yeah. Too, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, I would, yeah, second before Awakening because every single complaint yep. that people had about Rey, about like, well, how does she know how to fly so well? And how does she know how to speak all these languages? Why is she such a good mechanic? Like, it's all explained in that one book. Uh, and also, I would say the uh, Tales from a Galaxy Far, Far Away collection of short stories. Yeah, I always loved, like, Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina and Tales from Jabba's Palace, so that's kind of a callback to the Legends days that I really appreciated. I think uh, Shattered Empire, for me, the comic, was fantastic. It, it is the only time that you see Luke Skywalker uh, before the Last Jedi trailer and the very end of The Force Awakens, um, and you see him do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, it also introduces you to Poe Dameron's parents, and, uh, well, <clears throat> we learn how he was conceived. So, um, no. Yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, we do. He was already born. No, he, he was, was three years old. No, no, no we on took those out so you No, we, no we, Bria's right. No, thank you. He was already like three or four years old because there's a Not reference. There, no, because there's a reference in the second issue where it's talking about how Poe's at home because Poe's with one of their parents. Right, that, that comic takes place, that the comic moves time. There's there's time Within between that. Yeah, that nine nine months. The Star Wars Explained guy just told me that Bree is right, so okay. I'm believing him. <laughs> Thank you, the other, there, Wait, Matt, what were you what were you reading then? <laughs> were you reading the fanfic version? <laughs> or did you write no. it? Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Moving on. Is yeah. that what? Okay. Yeah. Good, because this is the part I start to really want to get into, because we play nicey-nice here. I want to know what you think has been working in the new canon and what has not been working. Can I, um, can I jump into this one? Yes, please. Um, the biggest thing I missed, because I, I, you know, I kind of told the story about how I got the list of books and I read them all for the legend stuff. I was a huge fan of the legend stuff. Um, and the big, biggest thing I miss with the new canon is I feel like they're playing it safe and they're staying out of certain areas um, probably because of the movies it makes sense that they're trying you know we're not getting a lot of stuff about Jedi we're not getting a lot of stuff about Luke and they're probably keeping that stuff into the movies and they've um, they've really explored a lot of that stuff in the animation you know we have way more force and Jedi stuff in Rebels and in Freemaker Adventures even than we do in the novels so we're getting you know we got Thrawn, Imperial Perspective. We got Inferno Squad, Imperial Perspective. Now we have uh, Phasma, Bad Guy Perspective. You know, I miss kind of the good guy stories. I miss the adventures with the Jedi and the Force and that kind of stuff. So for me as a fan, that's what's been lacking. I think we're going to get those, though. I mean, like you said, like we're they're kind of... There's only so much that the publishing groups can do. Um, if we're completely honest, they... They can do what Lucasfilm says they can do. So they can pitch a really cool Jedi story set a thousand years before, and Lucasfilm can go, not yet. Like, let us, they, we, they can pitch all the stories they want to that take place in the sequel era, but Lucasfilm will probably say, give us some time, like, let us fill it out. But I doesn't think, that hurt the books if they have to, yes, you know, okay, restrict yes, things? Yes and no. Um, I think that what we'll see is within five years, like, once we have episode nine is out i think we're gonna see much more diversity in the stories that they're telling um they'll have more freedom there won't be as many worries about stepping on the feet of the next director um we have no idea what's coming in episode nine i don't know what's coming in episode eight um and there's not as much space for them to play in but they are definitely starting to fill in the gaps a lot more um phasma fills in a decent amount of the gap uh or not decent amount but it, it fills in some of the story there between uh, Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. It's, it's something that we're gonna get to, but they can't do it yet. Yeah, I think what's really worked about the, the, the new canon uh, is when they have found a way to be very focused in their storytelling. Um, and, and the books that have worked, when I look down the list that we have here, um, the books that have worked the best are ones where they have more creative control so when I think of one of the best books in the canon, it's Dark Disciple. It's because they get to tell a very important story about a character that we, a couple of characters, and a lot of characters we all knew and love in the Clone Wars, because they're telling an actual story that they just didn't get to tell in the Clone Wars. Um, and, and so they're telling you something that you wouldn't know unless you read that book. 
because you'll never get this story anywhere else. Uh, and I think that's something that's really cool. And so when they play in areas where they have all that creative control, I think it's really, really worked. That's where we're getting so many Empire books right now, where we're getting the, the I think, the view of the Empire, because they have that control. They can play in that time period. They're not going to ruin anything, um, and they're not going to step on anybody's toes. Um, and those, I think, have been the books that have really worked really well. The ones that haven't worked as well for me personally have been when they have tried to tell stories um, and they have been less focused in the set between, you know, six and seven. Uh, Bloodline's fantastic because it's focused on Leia and it, it has that laser focus. Um, the aftermath of the works don't work for me personally just because it's so scatterbrained and they're holding so much back it hurts the storytelling. It's not necessarily always the author's fault. It's just he doesn't get to write anything he wants to write because he can't touch Luke Skywalker. You know, I mean, so, and that's what we all want to know about. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, the, the story we all want to know is what happens between six and seven, and they're just not going to give us that. And I think they've kind of learned that, and that's why they're playing in areas which are safer for them and give them more control so you feel more rewarded for having read that book like you feel like you added something to your knowledge and i think you know again that's what time fiction does best and so once you know they finally even know what they're going to do in nine which they've even admitted we don't know uh you know they're making it up as they go along so that's the other thing that's hampered i think telling more of those stories when that's all out they can start fleshing things out and filling in gaps as time fiction does so yeah, when it's been best, it, it fills it in so well that you just feel enhanced and it's a joy to read. The funniest thing is I think the weakest book in the canon for me so far has been one of the focused novels and because Heir to the Jedi, that was the Luke one, right? Well, it's the worst book in the canon. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and someone and the tittle fruits. And someone, well, that I thought was funny. But someone, another woman gets added to like the refrigerator of Luke Skywalker's dead girlfriend. Like, I kind of like they had a girlfriend though. Okay, but did she have to die again? Like we saw that in Legends. I like mean, eight it, times. It got to be a running joke, like where just Luke, you date Luke, and. <laughs> So, I mean, I think it's just interesting yeah. with the comparison. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's one of those places where it just didn't work because the story just wasn't very good. Um, if you wanted a better Luke Skywalker book, Weapon of the Jedi was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So good. And it's like this middle grade novel book that so many people might not have picked up. But all three of those that got written were written by incredible Star Wars authors. And they really did just an amazing job of, of filling in those characters in that original trilogy time period to where you understood like when Luke Skywalker went to face Darth Vader on Hoth he'd had some training by some some holocrons that he'd found some you know he practiced and it was really to me it added why when I watched that film Luke has even the slightest bit of chance of getting out alive in the first place because otherwise if you've only seen the films you're like really like I don't, they didn't even do any lightsaber training on Dagobah, you know, like, how does Luke have to know how to do anything against Darth Vader? Yeah, I mean, so, that book really added something, and it, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, think I, I think the new canon, it, it just feels like they're saving the best stuff for the movies, which makes sense, because Star Wars is a film franchise, first and foremost. And yeah, it feels like all the books are there to fill in the gaps, or just, like, make you care about certain characters a little more. And that's fine, but I guess I, I miss in Legends where they didn't have any of those constraints and they could tell these big grand stories where uh, major things were happening across the galaxy. We aren't really getting that in the books so much, I feel like. We're, I was excited for Aftermath, and it was like, this is what happens after Return of the Jedi. And you're like, it's going to be for everyone. Like You're going to see what happened to Luke and Leia and Han. It's, nah, it's just what happened to a few people on this one planet you've never heard of. And I, I did really like the interludes in that trilogy, but just it, it doesn't feel like they're as big of a story as Legends had. But I do agree. I think that they're still figuring it out. And after they finish up this first trilogy, they're going to be able to open things up a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of those points. And I also think, too, that when you look at some of the other things in Star Wars, and like, like Rebels, they're actually dropping little hints of Legends stuff in Rebels. 
Um, specifically, some of my favorite episodes where Sabine gets the dark saber. They talk about the Mandalorians losing the war against the Jedi. So that's obviously something that we've heard of before many times in Legends. So they're and the Hammerhead, uh, the Hammerhead Corvettes, you know, were taken from Hammerhead cruisers in the Old Republic. So they're dropping these little things in there that are from Legends, and they are still using them. They're bringing them back in in some semblance of sense, you know, where they actually make sense to bring back. But I think that's what really resonates the most with me is that it's not like they've they've gotten rid of everything just to create a whole new palette. You know, they just kind of set stuff off to the side and look through it, and they say, "Oh, that that's really neat. Let's let's save that. Let's let's reuse it in in the new canon, and uh, and people will remember it from the old legends material too. And we won't change the story dramatically. We'll let it have some history that people already know, so that it's you know it makes more sense and people can digest it easier. So I think that's what really um, between both the books and and with you know with all the animated um, stuff that's coming out. It just makes it easier for me, and I think for a lot of people with that transition that had to be made from Legends to canon. And I think it's the trade-off that we get, right? You know, if you're going to have your books be canon, you're going to know that they're going to save the best stuff for what they're going to do in a film. <coughs> or, I mean, it's not going to happen in a comic, I'm sorry, that only like 2% of the fandom is going to read. That's just not what they're going to do. Uh, and so they have to be much more focused. And I think, again, when I look down this list of these books, I would say that I love 70% of them. That's a really good number. You know, um, when I look back at the Legends line, I probably like 70% of it too. The other 30% is like, uh, you know, but that's that's really great stuff, you know. Um, and the fact that they are finding their feet in this, uh, we just have to give them the grace to do that. And I think this year, again, when I said I think this has been the best year for the new canon books, I mean it. I mean, because I feel like they've really found their groove. Uh, how Star Wars got a groove back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's now. I think it's something really important to note that they've been doing in the new canon more so than previously is the YA and the middle grade books are not something you should be skipping. Um, a lot of people are going to look at something like uh, Lost Stars and write it off because it's marketed as a, a YA romance. If you do that, you're foolish. Um, and Rebel I, Rising. Yeah, Rebel Rising, Ahsoka, um, some of the best books have been middle grade. Guardians of the Wills is middle grade. Um, I think it's important to note that just because these stories are being written at a level that's more accessible to younger readers does not mean that they're not worthy of your time. Um, and that's Ahsoka something. Ahsoka was middle grade. Sorry. Ahsoka was middle grade. Ahsoka was YA. Oh, wow. <coughs> yeah. Okay. Ahsoka. Didn't feel YA to me. Right. Ahsoka, Lost there Stars, right. and uh, Rebel Rising were middle grade. Uh, the the Leia moving target and all those were. Wow. Or no, I feel, I'm sorry, I feel sorry. younger now. I'm sorry. Thank I, I you. Those are middle grade. <laughs> Lost Stars, Ahsoka, and Rebel Rising were YA. Well, Servants. Servants of the uh, Servants of the Empire is middle grade. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, and that's something that the old canon really didn't do as much. Uh, I mean, I love the YJK. I will go to war for the Young Jedi Knights books, but they were some of the few middle grade YA books out there, and they weren't. Well, the Jude Watson series, the yeah. the um, Jedi uh, Jedi Apprentice, and then uh, Jedi Quest. Yeah, I mean, those books are great. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, they really added so much to the story of like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, and then of course of, of the young Anakin Skywalker. Uh, but they were written for kids, but she yeah. writes in a way that is just as accessible for adults. And yeah, it's a quick read for an adult, but it's a really fun story. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, um, I love that they're also focused <coughs> on the fact that we can't forget that Star Wars is for kids. I mean, we're, we're all adults here, but Star Wars is for kids, you know? And, and George said that from the very, very, very beginning. So if you don't like that and, and that bothers you, then you can take it up with him. Uh, so. Well, I like that you said that because I always felt that when I read the YA or the younger ones for a younger audience, to me, Star Wars reads better that way because Star Wars movies typically, they are YA in a sense. And so I feel like when I read the more junior books, they seem to flow and feel Star Wars more to me than the more adult ones. Because I think the adults go like a little deeper than the movies, so it doesn't play the same. That's just my opinion. I do think it's funny that the YA books are the ones that have like the more obvious references to sex, <laughs> as opposed to the uh, 
the adult novels. I think every single YA book has had like they're doing it. I think that's yeah. part of the checklist or something. <laughs> for why? Hey. Nope. More power to them. So what about since this is a panel about legends to canon, what is it that you love about legends? And do you like legends better than canon at this point? I love both my children equally. Okay. So does Matt, seventy percent of his children. <laughs> yeah. What about you guys down there? What I think it's too early to tell. Yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed all the canon stories so far, but like there are still series from Legends. I love the X Wing books. I love pilots of like anytime it's just regular soldiers, I'm all for it. So I really love the X Wing books. I miss having something like that in the new canon where we just follow kind of like a series of books following kind of regular people. I'd love to see that again, but it's too early to tell because like Legends went on for so long that there's a lot of dreck in there but canon hasn't had really enough time yet to produce anything truly terrible i don't think so uh, even that like, I, know more I, I could get through it <laughs> but I, I just think it's too early to say either way yeah i mean there's there are definitely parts of legends that i miss that haven't either made it across or won't ever come across um but I, I kind of like, I mean, I definitely like them both pretty equally. I mean, you know, you it's hard to say, oh, I, you know, I'm going to beat the Legends fan here and, and just be all Legends this and, you know, because most of what I do was rooted in Legends way back, you know. Right. But um, you have to kind of uh, evolve. You have to be able to evolve with, with Star Wars. If you can't evolve with the stories and, and with the timelines and with the changes that you really ultimately have no decision over getting made, then it doesn't. Then it quits being fun after that. So you have to find that middle ground and, and love the legends for what they were and love the canon for what it is. And that's kind of how you have to look at it. Absolutely. Yeah, I I definitely don't want to like pit one against the other. Say oh one is better than the other. I. There's so much history with Legends for me, and like that, there's even nostalgia for me. Like, there's so much of it that, like, when I read it the first time, I thought it was the best thing ever. But if I went back and read it now, I might think it's not that great anymore. Like, I'm almost afraid to reread some of the Legends stuff just because I don't want to ruin it for myself. You but should read the Crystal Star. Crystal Star. <laughs> it's a good time. I do read that one every week. Um, but, but some of my favorite stuff, like still to this day, like my favorite Star Wars novel of all time is probably Darth Plagueis. That's a Legends novel. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Star Wars comics of all time is the Republic series, um, Legends. So I yeah. think Legends is still winning probably for me, but I, I still love a lot of the canon stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate when it said, oh, that's a Legends book. It doesn't count anymore. It's just, you have to go into these because they're just good stories. Whether they're canon or not, they're good Star Wars stories. And I will finish Han Solo's Revenge, <laughs> even though it's not canon. So, but I wanna open it up to questions or even comments here at the mic if you wanna come up here and uh, state something. Uh, I was just gonna ask, uh, because we haven't really talked too much, but what has been your impression of the comics? That have been well, coming I was out. Just actually get, see, we think a lot alike. Yeah, right. we've, we, yeah, we've been on too many podcasts <laughs> together. I just wanted to open the floor, but yeah. So let's talk about the comics. What's working in the you comics? You can only world? talk about Afra for five minutes. That's all we've got. Do you like Af Dr. Afra? She's okay. She's kind of like the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm the first Afra in the five hundred first. Leave me alone. Um, actually, I think for the most part, the comics have been pretty consistently good. Uh, the only real duds for me so far have been the, uh, the issue one of Mace Windu. Um, that's on a struggle bus. But aside from that, it is. Have you seen the artwork? No. Yoda looks like oh, a yeah, love between, like, yeah, a baby gremlin. Um, <laughs> and not in a good way. But with made it with a frog um but i mean i think i think where the comics have been really really successful with number one the vader series that karen gillen wrote and not just because afro's in it but because it's a really really good vader story like you want to see the moment when he finds out like that his that's his son he has a son oh boy um and it just tells a good cohesive story um and then other places where they really excel have been some of the short the short limited series uh lando was fantastic 
I don't think anyone expected that to be as good as it was. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin was also very good. Um, and I'm really, actually, I enjoyed the, the Princess Leia book and the Kanan one as well. So I'll answer my own question. Um, the comics have been more difficult for me. Uh, and part of that is because uh, they do take the comic format and use that to its nth degree sometimes. And sometimes things are way so over the top. It almost doesn't feel Star Wars-y. Um, but there have been some really good things. Like, again, that Lando comic. I, Lando's like a eh, character for me. But that comic was so good. Like, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Um, and I, I do have to say, uh, the only Dark Horse comic that was canon, Son of Dathomir, is still, I think, the best comic that they've done. Uh, and I really, I mean, sh again, Shattered Empire for me was the one that really helped set my excitement level for The Force Awakens at a level that I didn't think it could get above. Um, and yeah, I just really love that. And I think, again, when they're more focused in their storytelling, so they, they kind of know what the run is going to be, instead of you know, kind of leaving it open, like for me, the ongoing story in the, the Star Wars one has been really hard because there'll be some that are kind of good and then it kind of, it, it just this like fluctuation thing. And that's really difficult um, to make me want to continue on to keep buying them because they're they're not cheap either. You know, they're, they're $4.99 a pop. So it's like, it's t more difficult. I, I have to say though, I actually liked um, Mace Windu number one, I thought it was really interesting because to me, it actually added something to that character to which I didn't know could be added. Um, it was really interesting watching him struggle through um, where the Jedi are. See, I was bored. So, I mean, that's fine. Because, no, because, like, for me, the, the ultimate Mace Windu story is Shatterpoint by Matthew Stover. Like, that is my second favorite Star Wars book of all time. And I read that, this one, and I was like, okay, Mace. You're gonna go on a okay. Oh, that's not stealthy, buddy. <laughs> but it's only issue one. Yeah, no, it's it's only issue one, and like, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but and I'll keep reading it. But for me, that's just been the only thing where I haven't been like, cool. Like, I'm definitely 100 on board yet. But that's just me. Yeah, the Lando comic as well. Just say that I agree. That's one of the better ones that they did. Um, I actually like the Star Wars ongoing series. Uh, it's had some pretty cool elements in it. Um, you know, you didn't like the the hut with the robotic legs that was a Sith <laughs> artifact collector. I mean, come on. He's got I mean, I liked the fact that he had all that really cool, all the artifacts and everything yeah. that maybe Luke would be able to find later on down the road. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Kanan comics were really cool. There were some ups and downs in that series, but overall, I really liked it. Um, haven't latched on to Afra yet. I don't know what's wrong with me because apparently everybody loves her. We're never uh, gonna be friends again. But I don't. I don't. Are we either. friends now, though, Bria? Um, but I, honestly, though, I haven't started like her standalone series yet because we wait to review those on the podcast until they're like they're collected in trade. Well, we're way behind too. So, but maybe I'll maybe I'll start liking her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Lambda's my favorite one. So you all stole that from me, Sorry. but <laughs> no, I love Lobot, and I was not expecting that to be such a heavy Lobot story. Um, I really like the new Darth Vader comic. I like the old Darth Vader comic. I also love Doctor Aphra because I love Indiana Jones, and she's kind of space Indiana Jones. And I love the idea of exploring ancient Star Wars history through the eyes of an archaeologist. That's brilliant. Um, You're my new favorite now. <laughs> well, but but I was also about to say that I love Gracchus the Hut. <laughs> oh, I think right, that arc was great. Doing Roman on art is incredible. I, I love the idea of a hut that's like, you know what? I'm not going to be like the rest of them. I'm going to get buff. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as awkward as it sounds. <laughs> but it's in Roman art. I really, really wish that they had been able to get around to making Son of Dathomir into in, in Clone Wars itself, and yeah. actually yeah. made that an animated uh, some uh, an arc, because that was such an awesome comic uh, for obvious reasons with me, but just because it really picked up, it picked up, you know, after those last scenes in the Lawless trilogy, where all you see is you know Mandalorians fighting each other, and what what happened after that? We know that it was like a civil war. Um, so it really explained a lot, but it would have explained it in so much better if they had really 
maybe knock that into the end of, of the you know season six that we got on Netflix or a season seven or something. Um, but uh, that was that's really the only comic I've actually read, and uh, I, I kind of stopped there because I was getting so much messages from people on Facebook like, "What? What does this mean? And what does this mean?" I'm like, I didn't write it, dude. I just read it. So. <laughs> Well, the comics are important because it all, they also tell us how C three PO gets his red arm, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I lied. That was the one done. That's the one done. <laughs> and Han had a wife. Oh okay, yes. Don't you do Okay, not let's go to that first. Yes. Yes. I, read that I will fight you. I just mentioned it. I didn't criticize it. Santa and Afro were together. Anyway, mm. let's just go to our first person. Just a comment. I just like the way the, uh, one day I'm reading a Kanan comic, and the next night I'm watching Rebels and seeing the reference to the comic that I just read the yeah. day before. It just blew oh, yeah, my mind. Like, what? So I, I just want to read that again. It was the same day. It was the same, same day. day. Yeah. 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 yeah, which is pretty incredible. That's crazy. This is actually a question for all of you. If you could have one character from any of the new Star Wars canon books appear in The Last Jedi, which character would that be? Ray Sloan. <laughs> Same, I agree. Mr. Bones? <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, I yes. don't think that old. Oh, he was in the Poe comic. Uh, <sighs> I I kind of want to say Thrawn, but I also really want to see Ray Sloan because then we would probably get the Eclipse. That's good. <laughs> I I want to I want to yeah I want to see Thrawn. Yeah. I would love to see him somehow have survived because what Zahn did in the book made him too interesting of a character to get killed off at the end of season four of Rebels. So somehow, I would love to see him back. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. I, I, I think Thrawn would be probably my pick. He's just such an awesome, awesome character. And I've actually was able to see an episode of Rebels that's pretty far into season four, and I know he makes it in a good, a good little way, but uh, I really hope he makes it into something live. But I, I do want to back up Bria. I, I, Ray Sloan, the fact that they built her up so much yeah. in the books, I, the fact that she hasn't been seen anywhere, I, I don't understand why you would, you've used her so much. Put her in the film, even if it's just in the background, but give her a look that we know so we can just do it. Like, oh, there she is! You know, I mean. I have a theory. It. It's not a good one, but I will. <laughs> that goes into fanfic territory. But I have a question for everyone else on the panel is what if you pick one Legends character to make the jump, who do we pick? And I will not go first because my answer is predictable. Is it is it bad if I'm egotistical and pick myself? No. Okay, I pick me because I would love to be a canning character. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Were you, were you a Legends character? Yeah. In, okay. In, yeah. Bounty Hunter Code. You don't count oh. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I mean, I'm, a Star, I'm a Star Wars legend. I'm fine with being called a legend. Wait a minute, wait a minute. In which case, I would like to revise my previous answer and say that I think Briala from Twilight Company should make it into the films, because if you're going to answer yourself, I'm going to pick myself for the last Might one. Might as well. No, okay. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'll go Gavin Darklighter. We need more Darklighters. Didn't. What do you think, Aaron? You got one? I feel like I would want it to be somebody kind of obscure. I don't know. Like I don't want to see Mary Jade really yet. I don't know. Like no, I'm not. I'm not looking at you saying that it's your pick. Somebody, somebody self-conscious about that. You're staring right at me. You're in that dire general direction. Um, I don't know. Like I think it'd be cool if, like, when Luke, when we we see maybe some flashbacks of Luke trained some Jedi before they all get killed by the Knights of Ren. If there was like a guy named Coran Horn or you know, <laughs> Actually, yeah. something yeah, like that. that. Yeah, I mean that that's so tough because I do love Mara Jade, right? I, I would love her somehow to make it, but she's not going to because that's not what's going to, I mean th th that doesn't work with the story probably. Um, and so who, who would I want to see? I think somebody like uh, a Kip Duran or Cornhorn or just somebody that's just referenced enough that they were a, a student of Luke's. Uh, it, you know, uh, I think that would be the coolest thing because it's something they, they can reference and then they, it 
it doesn't hurt the story, but it just makes Legends fans be like, yes, they made it! They're canon! Or Han Solo's lost child, Jaina, shows up out of nowhere and, and oh, like, kicks that's what Kylo Ren's ass. Oh, God. That I want to see awesome. them work that in. I want to so that's what I was gonna say. I want to see Jaina Solo work that. They would be really challenging to see that. That would be challenging. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't get to okay. answer. I, I thought answer, you answered. I want to answer my own question. No. Okay, it's either Tycho Selju, Winter, or okay. Darth Revan as a lady. Because. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yes. I like that. What about I Dash Rendar? Nobody has said yeah. that. I, I think he would be awesome. When I saw nope. the when I saw the YT there in the Rebels episode, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, Dash Rendar. They're going to put him in Rebels, and then it was a little kid, and I'm like, uh, Speaking of kids, we have a question or a comment or whatever. Yes. Um, I was wondering if you guys had read the novelizations of A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, and Empire Strikes Back, the ones, uh, So You Want to Be a Jedi, A Princess, a Scoundrel, and a Farm Boy. Yeah, so and the ones that like Alex Bracken, the, the uh, retellings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those, yeah. Um, what you thought about those? I thought the one that Alex Bracken, I only read the one by Alex Bracken, and I thought it was pretty great. Um, it's a nice way to reintroduce the series to younger readers, um, and I'm just biased because she clearly really, really loves Leia and did a great job writing her. Yeah, I only read the Leia one. I have the other two. They're on my my iPad, and I just haven't gotten a chance to get to them with everything else I do. Uh, but I thought it was, it like you said, it was really fun. Um, and it was a great way to reimagine the story um, just from her perspective, you know, like really get into her head and, and all of those scenes where um, they can really add something to the character of Leia, which I am so excited. Can we just talk about the fact that Claudia Gray just released a book about Leia that I can't wait to read that Bria's already read that I hate her for? Yeah. I have a lot of feelings, okay? I won't spoil it. Uh, they'll be selling it here. If you come here at 8.30, there is a book launch party for uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and Fa- Captain Phasma, and both authors will be here. They'll be selling the books and Phasma! <laughs> that was for Riley. Oh. Thanks for the question. Yes. Okay. Anybody else want to weigh in on that? Or? Okay. Let's go to the next. Hey, well, um, as a... Legends fan that uh, you know is big big fan of the original canon. I, I you know number one I want to say thank you for you know showing you know the comparison and contrast you know between the two and not just you know being like some, some people are to where they're just all new canon and they don't care for legends and whatnot. I, it's really refreshing to hear this conversation today, um, and. Uh, I'll, and I'll thank you because you actually helped me out. I had two questions in my mind. I wasn't too sure which one to ask. And okay. you, you asking about which Legends character to come over to Canada. That helped, Jedi, that helped me out. Mind. I tell you, I tell you, it worked out really good. Well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm a part of uh, some different uh, online communities of Expanding Universe fans. And uh, a lot there's quite, quite a few Expanding Universe fans that even, you know, as canon continues... Uh, we'd like to see more expanding universe, or at least see certain storylines concluded that were left hanging, such as Dawn the Jedi, The Force Unleashed, uh, you know, Legacy with Kate Skywalker and Yasola and all that stuff. So um, uh, I would just ask each of you if you were to pick one legend story that, you know, and, and try to come up with a different one for each person, please. Uh, if, you, if you agree, that's fine. You know, I, I can understand that. But just w- pick a story that it's like it never got finished it drives you nuts that you don't know how it ended you know and it's like oh you know if you look at the timeline of legends it's like well it kind of interferes with what happens later because you don't know what happened here um you know well what what would you like to see finished i'd like to see jaina solo yeah i'm i was really excited about sword of the jedi would love to see that and the connection of uh, what was starting to happen at the end there? I, I crucible, no, oh, I don't count on. that. But everything else that was yeah, going on there, like I, they, <laughs> there was some missteps. But I was excited about the future at that point, and I really wanted to see Jordan, Sword of the Jedi happen, and then kind of what was starting to happen, connecting, like Tahiri. They were hinting at that she might have something to do with the Imperial Knights and all that stuff mm-hmm. from the Legacy comics, and I was just, I kind of want to see all that stuff, you know, finish. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Imperial Commando. We need an Imperial Commando too, because the, the, that one just it ended and everything was just left wide open. 
I feel like that would be a great book for maybe Jason Fry, since he's a good, he's a he's a Mandalorian fan. He would write that one well. Um, but that'd be the, really the only book I could see, and it it, re- it really needs to be done. But I, they're never going to do it, so I don't even hope for it. But it's it's a really cool thing that maybe pops in a dream while I'm sleeping one night. I wake up one morning and there's a copy somewhere. I've always been intrigued by like the ancient history, so I'd like to see Dawn of the Jedi. So like something a sequel to that, just to continue how the Jedi Order came to be. Like some stories around that, I'd I'd be into that. I'm going to answer this in a slightly different way because. They already took the sort of the Jedi away from me, um, which I was so excited about when that. I mean, I was like so pumped. The artwork for it was just like brilliant and everything. Um, and I loved Jaina Solo, uh, especially when she pwned her brother. Finally, I was just thank God. I hated that kid. Um, so, <laughs> but what I love and 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 is that this isn't just a Legends problem; it's a Clone Wars problem. And uh, I would like to see the storylines finished in book form or something. Yeah. Give us those stories. You have them there. Just let us read them, just like you did with, you know, Dark Disciple. Uh, yeah, the Siege of Mandalore. I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, that, uh, to me, it, it's, it's right up there with the stuff that I would still like to see in Legends done. So, I mean, I feel that pain. You know, because I, I feel it about some of the legend stuff, but I also kind of feel it about uh, the Clone Wars because that was my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I say you already took my the one thing Jedi. about the Clone Wars too is that you know on StarWars.com they got a chronology and at the bottom they got certain yeah. things that yeah. happened after Episode yep. Six, including the Dark Disciple, and they even put that Son of Dave the Mark comic yeah. Uh, in yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah. Well, he took my Dawn of the Jedi answer because I actually think Legacy and Yazola's story wrapped up really nicely. Um, so since I can't get Blood Oath, since it's not the Delray Vault of Legend, Unfinished Legend Stories does not actually exist, um, I'm going to go with I would want to see another Race Squadron story, uh, but I think that would be very difficult to do given that the late, great Aaron Olsen is no longer with us, and yeah. I don't know anyone else who could write a book quite like that. Maybe Stackpole. I'll throw Maybe. in... No. Yeah, they are too different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have nothing but respect for, for Mike, but uh, the race were not the rogues. Yeah. I'll throw in The Force Awakened. The the Force Unleashed 3. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, the second video game or book or comic or whatever ended kind of on the cliffhanger, so I'd like to see that story continue. Actually, what I would like to see is what we were just saying is like wrapping up these legend stories. I don't know if they will publish anything new of legends, but I would like to see them do a book of short stories called like the stories of legends. And it's just short story after short story of all these legend stories all wrapped up uh, by different authors. I think that would be cool. Well, let's place demand. <laughs> yes. So, any other comments or questions? Cause it's, it's that time to wrap things up. So any ideas of the future books you'd like to see real quick? Fantasy Squad 2. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, not only that, but I think uh, once Episode 8 comes out, uh, there's a lot of questions that I have about the where does Snoke come from in the sense of how does he know, how, do, how does he know Leia and Han? Like, they obviously know each other. You know, the, the, all that kind of stuff, I really can't wait to see them fill that stuff in. Um, and there's so many questions, I mean, Aftermath leaves you with just like, what? <laughs> so let's fill that in. Mm-hmm. I'd love for them to start expanding outside of kind of the the area that they're in, the eras that they're in. They've been kind of playing in the same eras. I'd love to see them kind of jump back into the old Republic era yeah. and yeah. flesh out some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, let's explore outside of the original trilogies I'd like to see much older stuff but also the end of Thrawn made me hungry for more Chiss stuff I want to get to the Chiss ascendancy Admiral Aralani is in it again like I want to see what they're up to what they're fighting which they're probably going to explore in episodes 8 and 9 maybe but uh, that's what I want I want a book about the of course I know right the whole panel I want a book about the legend of Tar Vizsla Oh, yeah. Yes. That's what I'd like to see a book on. And that's really the only book I'd really... It's at the forefront of my mind, so... Very on brand. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you know, I've got to be loyal to my own, you know? Lost Stars 2. 
Lost Stars 2. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be very popular. Yes. 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 More. Shout some more out. Anybody? What else? Captain Rex after Order 66. Yeah. Very good. What happens to Vera Sophie? Thank you. Yeah. Let's know she's not an Inquisitor. Oh. The ancients. Darth Bane. Darth Revan. Revan. Who's the lady? Who's the lady? <laughs> <laughs> well, that <laughs> Revan has a lady. That's how we're going to end this panel. Thank you all for coming. We've got drawings here. What do we got?